For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and uh, we're going out to the West Coast to uh, San Francisco today to talk to Mad Good. We got Constantine uh, Dominister. Uh, man, how you doing? Did I get the last name right? Uh, I think you got it pretty pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate the effort. <laughs> I'm trying over here. Well, man, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, where, where'd, uh, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Uh yeah, yeah, you can just start right into uh into bio stuff. Um, yeah, I was born in uh, well, a lot of people have heard of it now. I was born in Kiev, which is in Ukraine, very popular um, place in the world right now. Very, very topical. Um, and uh, I, I was very young when we moved. Uh, we moved uh, first to Italy and then to the United States, which is kind of pre- pretty quick transition. Um, in the late eighties, and uh, I grew up in New York. Um, pretty much since I was like four years old and went to went to school there, went to college upstate New York at Binghamton University and and then lived in Jersey for a while and then ended up getting out to California about 10 years ago. I had a opportunity through work um, to come out here and I'd, I'd been coming out to California like every couple of months for work anyway. And each time I came out here is like the weather was like a little nicer and like uh-huh. and just every time there's something different that um that uh, caught me and right when i moved out here it was like it was like the drought out here so it never rained which was beautiful and there was like a blizzard in new york like right after and so just cemented <laughs> cemented my decision um yeah man yeah i've been in, i've been in the bay area for about uh 10 years now nice of uh, man I, there's a song of uh, it's called the golden state and the line in it is why is everyone still singing about california do uh do you think like the uh the location and the view and the weather does that uh does that influence a lot of your uh creativity it's a good question um i don't think so it's kind of funny that i ended up here i see myself as more of a an indoor person to be honest and and one of the one of the funny things out here is like you ask somebody what their hobbies are and they'll say like i like hiking i like running i like rock climbing i like camping you know um, and they go down a list and it's going to be like the 10th thing before it's something that's not like an outdoorsman activity. Uh-huh. And, and um, I think that, uh, I think that for me, I think that sometimes those kind of things I like, not because they're directly inspiring to me, but I feel like getting out into nature and stuff like that, um, seeing the beauty is like something that I do socially. And when you're in that environment with somebody else, like that, opens the door for a lot of good conversations and stuff like that. Whereas if you're just hanging out inside, you got your phone nearby, um, whatever, it's so easy to get distracted, get pulled onto something else. But going for a hike for me is like, is like doing a, a podcast or like listening to a podcast, right? It's an opportunity to get into like the flow with somebody for an hour or something like that. Yeah, so absolutely. That's kind of my connection to like the outdoors and, but it is an absolutely beautiful state. Like that's, that's definitely the case. Um, you go on the coast here and, um, you know, growing up in New York, like on the coast, it's like the beaches are the beaches are 
dirty and they're beautiful and they're warm and stuff. The water's warm. You can go for a swim, but uh, just, uh, I think coming out here, it's more kind of pristine and, and separated from like the rest of the, the state when you go to the, the coast and stuff. And yeah, there's something about that. That's appealing. Cool, man. Well, just to go back to, uh, to early days, uh, with the parents going from Kiev to Italy to uh, the United States, uh, was your dad or mother, were they entrepreneurs or uh, just looking for opportunity for you or what was their mission? Yeah, I, I think that um, a lot of it was for uh, me and my brother. Um, he was even younger than me when we left. Um, a lot of it's for us and I think for themselves as well. So my family's Jewish background. And, you know, that part of the world, that was still like a meaningful thing in like a bad way. Um, and so, you know, the U.S. is, for the most part, is a place where that doesn't matter that much. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly, you know, in, in 2023, um, it doesn't matter as much. And so my family like all left. So it wasn't just my, my parents and our immediate family. All of us left as soon as we could. And some of them moved to Israel and some of them moved to the United States. Okay. Cool. It was really about that. I think like the there's still a big like cultural component that's um like with the language and you know the food and, and there's a certain certain way of thinking uh, um about things. Uh that's definitely still very much like influenced by like the Soviet Union, Russian, Ukrainian um kind of uh, mix of cultures and stuff. But I think just growing up them for them growing up Jewish, they have faced a lot of very specific adversity like my dad got his ass kicked for being jewish my mom couldn't get to the university she would want, want to go to because they wouldn't let jews in things like that like kind of under the table not officially but effectively yeah. couldn't um and so they didn't want me to experience that and i never experienced that right so obviously their number one goal um was to yeah. look out for my brother and yeah we didn't face that going up here man i appreciate you opening up about that i mean i think that's one thing you know a lot of people don't think about of of you know and this anti-semitism is still a very huge thing even in 2023 but i think it's like you said in the united states maybe not so much but in different parts of the world uh i've got jewish friends all all over the world and you know it's kind of remarkable to hear some of the things that happen to them just because of their ethnicity you know it's it's, it's ridiculous yeah and it's nice talking to you also because i think that like like most I just like meeting people from different places, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know exactly where you're from. Uh, like, I guess by your accent, the region of, of the United yeah. States, I'm a sort of, um, uh, Kennedy, I, Alabama, man, <laughs> I've been to Alabama and I don't think I know anybody personally from Alabama. And that's something that like, especially in 2023, I do feel like there's so many kind of, uh, people putting themselves into like different camps and stuff and, and dividing, uh, each other and like i want to meet people from all over the place and uh, i think that you really get a better um perspective on the world like i think a lot of times people i'm friends with are also immigrants even if they're from like another country mm -hmm. just because like they um they're i feel like they're kind of like a little bit sometimes level-headed about how certain things are they see things that are good and they see things that are bad like they see both sides they don't go too far like saying you know Oh, this place that we're going up in now is like the worst place in the world or we're the best place in the world like because they have some perspective of having seen things on in another place and how else it could be um so a lot of times i feel like i'm on the same like wavelength with other immigrants even you know from 
um, India or something or from China, uh, even though oh, culturally we're so different, but there's something uh, we have in common. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's nice to meet you. And I've literally never, never met anybody from Alabama and even <laughs> just have a conversation. It feels like yeah. um, something I'll look forward to. Yeah, just for that reason. Uh, it, for better or worse, man, I don't know what to, where to say. I am on my Alabamian chart, but I've, I've been. I've been lucky enough to be able to travel. I've been to South America a couple of times, Central America. And uh, I mean, like you said, that I'll, that offered a lot of perspective uh, for the world. And I've been lucky enough to have met people from all over the world. And I still talk to them to this day. And I'm, like you said, man, it's just if if you get locked into a geographical location and you close yourself off, it's easy to put yourself in a camp. And it's also a lot easier to not understand uh, wherever where other people are coming from. And it's only a disservice to yourself, really. So, uh, like, I, I've you immigrant friends, man. Yeah, I used to live down in Mobile. Uh, that's the Bay Area in Alabama. And uh, we had a, uh immigrant house for all these. Uh, I mean, they were getting off the uh, the loaders, the big barges that were bringing all, everything in. And they were literally from every part of the world. And uh, met a lot of uh, met a lot of Croatians predominantly. That's where a lot of them would be from, and it was mm-hmm. always remarkable just to hear you know stories from that part of the world. Yeah, and I think like um, I don't think you know. It's not, I feel a little bit like uh, telling people they have to travel to get culture. I think it's a little bit you know going too far. Like um, it's very very possible, and some people can't you know manage that with their their lifestyle and things like that. And it's totally totally possible to be a very um, open-minded, thoughtful person, um, who, you know, who's, who's lives in the town that they were born in. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, um, so there's different, I think there's different ways to, um, to kind of open yourself up to different things. And I think travel is one way. And you could also travel, um, just, you know, um, take photos of food and post them on Instagram. And that that's also a thing. And you yeah. can get some perspective and actually you might be better off, um, if you want to get to know another culture, sitting at home and reading a book by, you know, an author from another country. Um, so there's different, different ways I think to do that, but, um, but yeah, I just, um, I don't remember how we got on this topic, but, but I definitely think that that's, uh, that, that aspect of my life I think has, has influenced me and probably influenced the music as well. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, so growing up New York, New Jersey, uh, got out, uh, you're in California now. Tell me a little bit about school and your interests when you were, uh, coming up out of high school and would you go to college? I went to college at Binghamton University, which is a state school upstate New York. So, um, what was you interested I, in? So that's I was interested in a lot of things. Um, I studied electrical engineering. Oh, sweet! We got something coming on that. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I, I liked um, I liked math when I was growing up, and I liked uh, science and especially physics when I hit physics in high school. And then I was looking at college and I was thinking, um, like, what is like a, you know, I think this is uh, part of the influence of, you know, growing up in an immigrant family as well. Like they were very non-pushy, like compared to what I've heard of many other families who, you know, you have to be a doctor, lawyer, whatever, engineer. But I do think there's a little bit of like a practical uh, mentality um, that kind of uh, seeps in. And so I'm thinking like, what what is like a, a major that sounds like a job, you know? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so like, uh, I'm probably not going to be a physicist. So uh, engineer is a job. Um, and so electrical engineering is like, kind of like that. Right. Yeah. And so that, 
that was really the decision <laughs> process is really, really simple. Um, uh, doing that. And then, uh, in, yeah, in college, I kind of, um, fell out of love with that for a while. And I almost became a teacher coming out of college. And like at the last, so I accepted a job teaching high school. Um, cause I think just, I love teaching things. Um, uh, we can talk more about that. Like being a father now, like that's the thing I look forward to the most is, um, when he's like getting a little bit older and our communication is, you know, a higher fidelity when he starts speaking, um, mm-hmm. and all the things that I could show him if he's interested in something, explore that together. But, um, yeah, I almost became a teacher in the last minute. I, I switched kind of switched back and had an opportunity to work as an engineer. Um, but I ended up changing careers like three or four times, like since then, I think because it wasn't like something that connected me, but funny enough, like I'm an engineer now I'm a software engineer and like, it came all the way back around. Like I had left engineering and I think that when you're like in your, for me, at least it was in like my twenties that I really just like try to grab onto whatever was trendy or popular, right. To do. And, and something seems interesting because somebody else is doing it. And I kind of got away and doing different kinds of work. Um, and then it's kind of something inside me just felt like I feel myself getting stupider. <laughs> like I feel, I feel myself like I'm not, I'm not interested in things I used to be interested in. Like if there's something challenging in front of me, I just, I don't want to take on that challenge. I want to just say, eh, somebody else can do it. Right. I don't want to think about it. And I used to be somebody like really into that. If it's like a puzzle, I'm going to try to solve it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know, and I think like when you're a kid, you sometimes know best, like what you really like before you get too influenced by other people. And so I ended up getting into software engineering, which I love. Um, and, you know, maybe if I had stuck around with my first engineering job, I would have loved that too. I just wasn't open to that um, at that time. I, I think I was looking at other people too much. Like oh, these people are going to finance. These people are doing kind of like other stuff. And, and, and instead of just listening to like what kind of what spoke to me as a child, which is like problem solving and, and analyzing things. And, and that's a lot of what you do in engineering. Um, so kind of super happy to come full circle in a way uh, yeah. and be back in that, in that space. Yeah, and man, congratulations on fatherhood. Uh, I'm not a father uh, yet. I hope to be one day, but uh, I think you painted that uh, very well, like uh, what it means to be a father right there with the way that you put it. Like, you know, you can't wait till he's he's old enough to where he's talking and exploring and you can explore those ideas with him and kind of lead him and give him a give him a guide. That's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, I think like go before ahead. that um it's like a little bit uh i think it's different for everyone like like when he was really young it made me really anxious and i'd get really frustrated like um if he had trouble sleeping and my inability to like connect with him and and soothe him or put him to sleep i got really frustrated and my wife had to like you know uh calm me down like give me some advice like hey you know you can't show that to him like he's gonna feel that like your frustration dealing with him it's going to make him feel like a burden. And I know I hate feeling that way. If I, if I feel like I'm a burden to someone, that's a terrible feeling. Um, and so that kind of like, you know, rewired my brain. I kind of like found some kind of Zen, Zen place that even if he's screaming in my face or something, it's late at night, I'm not sleeping. Like it's okay. You know, it's, it's all good. Like we're on this together. Um, and kind of got that turnaround after a little while. And then since then it's been like just an amazing, uh, amazing yeah. experience. This episode of Porch Talk is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Caldera Lab. If you go to calderalab.com slash porch uh, at checkout, you can use promo code porch and save 20% off your total purchase order. 
A little bit about Caldera Lab. It was clinically tested to work on dry, normal, and oily skin. Nine out of ten men who tried this product continued to do so, and they could tell a difference uh, with their skin. Uh, There's an improvement in the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, elasticity, dark spots, skin tone, and more. It really helped me out with the crow's feet and the wrinkles on my forehead. I have been using the good for about a week now, and they also uh, sent me the clean slate icon and the base layer. And uh, I've never really been into skincare products. I was excited to give Caldera Lab a shot, and I'm glad I did. And so as you get a little bit older like myself, um, maybe you would like to give these skincare products a try for your face. And maybe you'll tell a difference just like I am. Uh, I'm 32, but I'm currently looking about 23. So uh, look out for me. Once again, if you go to calderalab.com slash porch, use promo code porch and you'll save 20% off of your purchase order. Back to the show. Well, what about music, man? How would that come into your life? What would make you want to pick up an instrument? Yeah, I always loved music when I was a kid. Like, even when I was back in Ukraine, my parents told me I was always singing different songs and stuff. And like, my earliest musical memories are just stuff my dad would play on the radio. And neither of my parents are like big music fans, but I remember hearing um, like the Beatles and Elton John um, back on like uh, K Rock in New York, which was like the rock station um i don't know i don't think it exists anymore at some point it turned into something else but it used to be like a classic rock station and like a modern rock station and those are like the first things i remember hearing myself and then i i think similar to like what i just talked about with career i kind of just went off into like other things like i just started listening to like top 40 music that i didn't you know wasn't really feeling but that's what everybody in school was listening to so i started listening to it as well mm-hmm. and then then later when um the album that like got me back into music was um Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Shout out to him, man. Yeah. That's a and, great book too. His uh Ketus' Scar Tissue book. Yeah, I haven't read the whole thing. I've read like excerpts uh, which are cool. Yeah. What a story. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's um like I think a big thing is their story, right? Like like music is not just like what you hear, it's also connecting to to those individuals and i also remember watching like the vh1 behind the music about them and stuff and seeing their story and their experiences um and it just feels all their music feels so genuine to me like even if it even if the songs that have like some nonsense lyrics but like the way that the way that they're being expressed they just come across as like 100 genuine like um and um all at least like the good stuff and uh that's something that that I love and I connect to immediately the same way you connect to like a, I don't know, a TV show or something or a book where like the characters like you love, it mm-hmm. becomes more than just a story. It's like, I want to know what these characters are going to do next. Um, so that was like an album that like, like kind of knocked me back into like, okay, like I wanted to listen to this like nonstop. I want to know who influenced them and I want to go listen to that music. And like, that's just sets you off in that whole chain reaction, right? Of like, you look oh, at yeah. your, your favorite musicians, favorite musicians and, and, and trace that back and then go sideways. You look at their peers, like, oh, who else is going up in the 90s? All like grunge and alternative rock and college rock and stuff in the 80s. And and like I still love classic rock too, going back uh, to that. Um, but there were that was like the band and album that set off this like that chain reaction of looking at music. And uh yeah, really at the end of um, and I I think 
I don't know. I immediately like the thing that most interested me was like how the songs are written or created. That's the thing that stood out the most. So at the end of high school, yeah, is when I, I picked up a guitar. Uh, yeah. The first. Yeah. How long would it be until uh, you would venture off into uh, writing your own music? Uh, and what would make you want to be uh, that creative? Why? Why not just cut? <laughs> why not just cover the Chili Peppers? Right. <laughs> I I think I started right away. Um, it was really bad, but but I think I started right away. Uh, somewhere I might be able to dig up some like notebook of lyrics from like freshman year or something. Um, why? I think. Well, yeah, I, I I don't know if it's because of like the the connection with that band specifically, but like I, I feel like the ethos of that music is like doing things yourself, right? Like, like I'm not a especially good singer. Um, but I kind of feel like I'm going to sing my songs. Why? Cause they're my songs. Yeah. Uh, nobody's, nobody's going to feel them the way that I feel them. Yeah. Your stories. And so, yeah. And, and I feel like you could tell that right away from, from those bands that I love, like, um, even ones that are like Anthony Kiedis is not an especially strong singer himself, like in a traditional way, he has his own like style and like a lot of those what you think guys who are good singers, but they have their own, their own style, right? And they're all writing their own songs. They're not doing cover songs unless it's, it's really obvious, like one cover song or something, but they're not putting out an album of cover songs. So I don't know the whole, um, whole culture behind that music. Um, I think spoke to me also. It's like, um, it's kind of, a uh, taking music seriously in a way, right? It's not just like, Oh, I'm going to pick up something. I heard made somebody else made. It looks cool. I'll, I'll put a pretty like, you know, shine on it and I'll call it something my own. It's like the lyrics are going to come from something really inside of you. They're really going to craft it. They're really going to deliver it with, with passion and in their own unique style, not trying to conform to somebody else's expectations. And, you know, they're just going to hope that there's a, some people out there that, that vibe with that. Um, so I think just because of that music that I fell in love with, uh, that's what spoke to me. And maybe if the, the first song that spoke to me was like pop music, or if it was like hip hop, then I'd think like, okay, I'm going to find somebody else to get me some beats and I'm, I'm going to rap. Right. Um, Cause that's the, the way things are done in that genre. Mm-hmm. Or if I was, really into classical music like you know there's no expectations of like the greatest violinist in the world should also be composing for violin but when we talk about who's the greatest guitarist like let's say people who love you know hendrix or whoever really they're talking about like they're not even talking about playing the guitar they're talking about like innovating writing music for guitar like hendrix is like a beethoven right he's not like um you talk perlman or somebody right like playing violin um it's about like the, the innovation and creating things yourself so yeah just i think the culture of the kind of music that i love yeah. automatically write songs yeah and so just fresh out of high school picked the guitar up and you out the gate were uh were beginning to craft and create your own songs uh tell me a little bit about that journey up to today of uh, new album coming out that's what we're here to talk about it's got to be yeah. exciting right yeah totally um i think like i i don't know how uh it was for other people for me again similar to what i talked about before like i got away for it for a while and a lot of, well, I get to the, the album, but um, I'd have the guitar and I'd pick it up a little bit. And I'd just do like what you said, like play a cover song, you know, just just pick up some song I heard on the radio and like mess around with it for a while and put the guitar back down. And I spent a lot of time on it, but I wasn't creating anything like mm-hmm. meaningful. I'd Like if I had an idea, like a lot of times, like, you know, be late at night, your brain is kind of like half melted and you're, you're tired and something pops into your head. I'd get up and record it, you know, like a 30 second idea. And like stash it away you know um 
and not do anything with it. And I think um, it was only once I was already in Bay Area and had some like additional like life experiences, and, and I felt like I had a lot to get out. And I had a, a friend that I met, um, my friend Colby. Shout out Colby. Uh, he writes music too. He lives in LA, and uh, he he mentioned that he also writes songs, plays guitar. Like, oh, let's let's jam a little bit. You know, let's play some songs. And I don't know how it is. And maybe this is like um. Is this, uh, you know, too pessimistic, but maybe because I don't run around like musician circles. A lot of times somebody shares something and I'm going to listen to it because I'm a friend and I care, but it's not necessarily something that's going to connect with me, right? Like um, somebody might have their music. Like, it's, it's cool, but it's not something I'm going to listen to again. And um, and this is different. Like he played me a couple of songs. I'm like, damn, I, I if this was like recorded right now, I'd add it, you know, I'd be listening to it right now. And I wish I wrote that song and I played him like a song I wrote a while ago too. And he really? felt the same way. Right. So we connected right away and started like jamming and a little bit of co-writing, but a lot of just like sending each other stuff. Like I'm going to send you what I'm working on. What do you think? Like back and forth. Um, and that got me so excited to like, to start um, like taking my music and like, like, let me, let me try to rewrite it. It's something I wrote. I had like a 30 second snippet. Let me try to see if I can add to that, build it into a full song. And because I had somebody who's interested in listening to it. And as a musician, you know, they would understand if I sent them like a 30 second uh, crappy clip of, you know, me and an acoustic guitar, they know that there's like, there's a vision for something else beyond that. Right. Uh, and, and, um, and just the excitement of like that sharing back and forth uh, got me like um, working on the songs like again uh, until like, I, I felt like, um, okay, now like I have decision, like I can just keep doing this or I can actually try to like take it seriously, um, you know, record it and, and it's just something that felt like I would always regret if I didn't try to do that. If I, if I didn't try to really finish my work, put it out there, share it with people, um, I would regret it for the rest of my life. And, or to, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that, I think that's it. Like I, I, okay. I have to do it and, and see, um, see what I can, what I can create if I put my mind to it and, and see if anybody else um, is interested. I wanted to see what you thought about this is uh, one thing I've been learning. And these are with, songs of mine that uh they've been recorded and i mean they're readily available on the internet and whomever can go listen to them but one thing i've learned is they may be four five years old maybe 10 years old now but i don't think a song is ever finished and mm -hmm. what i mean by that is let's say i'm playing a show or uh, i host the open mic here in town and uh, we like to have a big jam at the end and some of the guys have been playing with me on that stage long enough now to where uh, my songs have become their songs. Mm. And uh, they brought their own flavor to the table, and it's become something uh, bigger than what I envisioned. And now they're part of the vision. And that's, and that's one thing that we've been discussing about how we don't think a song is ever done. Because, you know, think about... Uh, I think Bob Dylan was infamous for this, is uh, him playing uh, today. A uh, friend of mine recently went and saw uh, saw him play, and he said about half the crowd seemed disappointed that it wasn't mm. the way it used to be. And he was like, but I think Bob believes in the fact that a song is, it ages just like a human does. It has a life of its own. It changes. And uh, I, I've always, and the more I think about it and talk about it, I was like, man, uh, I really like this idea. So, I mean, what do you think about it? I think it's a good idea. And I saw Bob Dylan um, in college and uh, 
yeah, he came by and I, we barely recognized any song until it was like halfway into the song. Like, oh, okay. I think I heard a couple. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, I think that, I think that it's true, but you kind of need to also like tell yourself that you're done or else like I'll go crazy. Like, and I think yeah. it's, a, a, it's like a, the feeling inside, like before it's done is like a compulsion. Like you're like this, you're disappointed and you're like, I need to finish this. I need to finish this. And I think when you call it done, that that burden gets lifted off your shoulders and then okay. it's like a joy right like you go on stage with your buddies and like you all know the song and you mess around with it you try something different you're playing with it now and and if that's the if that's the mindset you can have before you record the song like like i envy you because i think for me it's like there's a joy when the spark of the song is there and there's a joy in like having the finished product and there's a lot of like pain in the middle um until i yeah. feel like i can call it done and so i totally agree with you like if i was going to look at like an older song i wrote now and think about trying to get a band together and play it live something like that i might rearrange some things too but i think that it would feel very light to do it and like for, let's do it for fun but before i can call the song done um it's weighing on me you know so I, I think there's definitely a lot of truth in what you're saying. I wish I could have that mindset like the whole way through, like, you know, the way I imagine, like, like some great improvisers feel like, like, like Miles Davis or something probably wasn't thinking of like, um, you know, this must be the, the quintessential recording of the song. It's like a moment in time. Like we have this band together right now where we're, we're improvising over these changes uh -huh. and we're capturing that moment. And I think if I could have that mindset towards recording an album, that'd be a beautiful place to be. Um, yeah. but it's hard, it's hard until like, you really feel like, okay, I can, I can call that my song and it's done and I'm proud of it. Um, and then it can continue to have a life of its own after that. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, just to be able to, to have a finished product of man, I, I'm with you on that end too. And, uh, a, a more recent song that I finished, it's, uh, it's called fool's paradise. And uh, I remember sharing it with a friend of mine that I respect. He's a songwriter as well. And uh, he could tell that in the chorus, uh, I don't remember which word it is now, but there was a synonym that could have been used. And he said, it won't sound like you have such a mouthful and it doesn't take anything away. Would you consider this? And after changing that word, I was like, Phew. Thank you for helping me finish that song. And and now it's time to record it. And but then once again it's time to get on stage and hey, hey buddies, let's uh let you know, let's see what we let's 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 play with it, like you said, you know, let's have some fun and see what happens. And uh but I I do agree with you on that. When there is a burden. It's it's like proof of work to me. Uh whether it was, you know, taking a test or writing a paper in college or doing a project in, in the lab, you know, it's, uh, I always tried to be one of the first ones done just so I could move on to the next thing. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, well, man, tell me, uh, tell me about this journey. Uh, this new record is, is this uh record two or three? Where are you at? I had an EP before this and this is the first like full length. Uh, so like I said, it took a while to get, get back around to doing it. And uh, and the plan is to keep doing it. So I have a lot yeah. of songs uh, in the backlog. But yeah, th this record, like um, I wanted to do something 
I knew that uh, baby was coming and uh-huh. I wanted to do something that I can like wrap my hands around and finish it. And so uh, that's why I went with like an acoustic kind of singer songwriter type of record um, because I have other songs that are not like that style um, that are much more band oriented. But I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this fast. I want to like, um, you know, make tough decisions and like, like finish song and move on. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of this, a lot of this started out with just like going through all my notes, like all my little, like little record voice recordings, you know, and thinking about like what, what speaks to me and having this big list of songs and they're just little bits and saying, okay, like I got to, I'm just going to pick one and like start, start working on it, start fleshing it out, um, turning it into like a real song. Like it might just be like a little bit of a verse. It needs, it needs a chorus. It needs lyrics. Um, and just throw myself into that fully, um, you know, like, I'd be at the gym and like writing lyrics on my phone uh, between, you know, sets of working out uh, and just getting back home and picking the guitar up and trying to work out different sections and, and complete these songs. Um, and eventually kind of started to see like, which, which songs were going to, we're going to make it and which, which ones are, were promising. And, um, and then the sort of also, I don't think it intentionally started that way, but just noticing where my writing was going. Uh, sort of the theme of the album we talked already about like how i felt and i still feel like i'm too influenced by what other people think like i want to i want to care about what people who i respect and love think but not you know somebody you know who has no connection with me or or is um you know uh or not looking out for my best interest and i don't want to be worried about what they're thinking when i'm singing my song or writing or working but but i am and uh, and too often I, um, I, I'm still being honest, but I'm presenting myself, my mannerisms and my style are like imitating the person I'm talking to, you know, it's take, taking on their, like their movements or like their way of talking, their speed of talking, their, uh, their volume, the, the words they use. Um, and I felt like I kind of lost sight of who I was. Like if you, you strip everything else away, what do I actually want to do with my time? How do how do I want to talk? What do I want to talk about? And what do I want to write about? And um, I just felt like that characterized like so many of my my relationships and and experiences in life and, and sources of stress because um, not only not only do you kind of lose sense of yourself because you're trying to please people and, and kind of conform to their ways, but you actually you don't even become friends with them because people see through that, right? If you're not if you're not actually being genuine. Um, mm very superficial very superficial and um everything I'm, I'm saying is is honest but like they could tell there's some like a layer of like you're trying to perform for the person and um and that superficiality is a massive turnoff for people like nobody wants to be friends with that the people you're friends with you know a lot of my best friends are since when i was a kid and when you're a kid you're completely being yourself right just totally honest just yeah, like unapologetically <laughs> and those are like the deepest connections um and so um what this whether i've succeeded or not getting a little better at not doing that a lot of this album was about that like the first song um tune me out is exactly about like being different people to to, um um to people that you meet um and the pain of like that backfiring actually not even winning you anything and then so the rest of the songs are really trying to like examine different relationships and friendships in my life in a very transparent way like absolutely like no no bullshit like be honest with yourself like what went wrong or what went right um 
where are where am I responsible for things that went wrong before? You know, not just blaming other people. And so, yeah, that first song is really just setting up setting up this theme of like trying to like trying to stop that that terrible habit, and and being honest uh, with myself uh, about uh, my relationships with with other people. Something's um, hard to do. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's a work in progress. It's almost it's easier to do in a song than to do to actually change your habits because you can go you can go critique your own lyrics. And be like, no, nah, you know what? That's that's not right. That's not really what I feel. And I'm going to change that. But when you already had a conversation, that's in the past. That just happened, right? Um, and like you can be like, damn, like how come I was so like guarded or um, are trying to be a people pleaser in that conversation instead of just being myself? Um, and you can't go back. This episode of Porch Talk is also sponsored by Manscaped. You can go to manscaped.com and at checkout use promo code Porch Talk, all one word. Porch Talk, all one word. Receive 20% off your total purchase order and get free shipping. Uh, Manscaped sent me the performance package 4.0 that comes with their beard trimmer, uh, the Weed Whacker, which is for. Those unsightly ear and nose hairs, and then the lawnmower, which is for you downstairs. It also comes with the crop preserver and the crop reviver. Uh, that is for um, it's for your genitalia, there, there, boys. Uh, it'll keep you from uh, if you're ever been in the south in the summer, uh, you know a little bit about how it feels down there and. Those two wonderful products will uh, help you feeling cool and keep you smelling good so you don't smell like a foot. So go to manscaped.com, and if they are the leading company when it comes to men's grooming, they also, the performance package comes with the most comfortable pair of underwear I have ever owned. So if you have never given Manscaped a try, I highly recommend them. You can go to manscaped.com, use Porch Talk as your promo code at checkout. Receive twenty percent off your total purchase order. And uh, man, just look at my beard. If that says anything about them, should say it all. I got the best beard around, no doubt about it. Now, back to the show. You know who you are, and you've uh, you've opened up a little bit about the uh, the first track off of the record. Of what inspired the naming of it you know who you are is that is that a call to yourself or is that a call to uh call to the critic i think um it was a little bit of a, a silly title for a, a very um kind of a, a moody album but the idea of it was if the song is about you and you listen to it you're gonna know it's about you <laughs> that's kind of where it comes Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done from so a little, like, little tongue and cheek yeah trying to be really really transparent um like i think the ep that i released and some of my songs you know are like stories you know like not necessarily about myself or maybe a little bit influenced by my own experiences but you know uh, the songs on this album are all 
completely personal, completely about real things with real people. And so I just felt like I, I wasn't, I wasn't putting a lot of like, um, you know, double meanings and cryptic lyrics on this. Um, it's really about um, my life experiences. And if you were there to experience that with me, you'd probably recognize those, those vignettes. Um, so yeah. Well, that's kind that, of, uh, as a project like that is, uh, was that difficult for you to do? I know a lot of times it's easy to, uh, it's easy to maybe change the name or the name of the place or mass that emotion when talking about uh, people from our past of, you know, one, maybe we don't want to put them on blast or two of maybe they didn't see it the way that we saw it. You know, it's a very, it's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, I think um, it's a good question. I think the, um, in this case, it wasn't, but but I think that's because I hopefully evolved enough writing the songs that um, it doesn't read like a you know journal of like a thirteen year old uh, kid. Um, as I think when I first started writing songs, um, a lot of times like the I couldn't write a song about the thing I'm thinking about because then it would just sound like it would just sound like the complaints of like a, a naive um, kid. Um, and sometimes I'd write lyrics when you know something else in my mind that might be something about happening in the world in my mind and I could write a personal song or something personal in my life happening. And I could write a song about, you know, politics or something, because if I focused on it, it would be too like stream of consciousness, just like getting my feelings out. And I think over time, um, uh, I'm able to actually now like recall something from the past with a little bit more emotional maturity, hopefully. And, and then, uh, the output isn't a completely one-sided, um, uh, sort of, uh, this complaint, uh, but but it's hopefully a faithful, um, faithful perspective on what happened, and I, I could live with that, um, even if somebody um, sees it a little bit differently. If, I, if I'm presenting it in a way that I feel is honest and 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 uh, and complete, yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. I, I get with that. Of, I mean, uh, I'm trying to bring the line of the song to mind, uh, I, and I think it may be a Jack Johnson uh, line. And that was the influence for uh, you creating this is, uh, was it uh everybody thinks that everybody knows about somebody else. Ah, and I lost it, but it, the whole <laughs> thing of it is, uh, you know, we're so tied up and trying to be in everybody else's business and worrying about what everyone else is thinking or doing that we forget about ourselves. That's so, uh, yeah. so, uh, a project like this, man, very heartfelt and uh, man, it, it, it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to be to to do that. So uh, hats off to you for the project. What about that Beck influence, man? Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, like um, well, I like Beck in general, but specifically that album Sea Change, which is so different from a lot of his other stuff. Like, um, I don't know how it was received when it came out. I'm sure a lot of people didn't see it coming, right? Like from this kind of seems like a goofy dude um mm -hmm. fun music like creative like all kinds of instruments and just drops it down to like you know a roads a, a, a guitar some drums and just like singing about heartbreak um and and so i think that that kind of thing um is pretty pretty moving and there's one song especially um lost cause if you're familiar with that song that's mm -hmm. just that's one of the like all timers um uh for me and so yeah that that album 
was a big influence. And the other thing, because um, I think that album was mostly basically about one one relationship that came to an end, and that was his experience. You talked about, is it awkward putting people on blast or talking about the past? I feel like I almost have, I had a little bit of awkwardness in the reverse the first situation which is you know like i said i'm married i have a family and not all these songs are written in the past like couple of years right some of them are dragging things out from the past and reflecting on those and it's not going to be one-sided like oh you know fuck that person like it's not like that uh, you know both sides messed up both sides you know are good people and um just being able to honestly talk about things in the past and be like hey like you know i know this is the life um, that we're living together right now, but there's still things from my past that are stories that might be worth sharing in a song. And um, you know, my wife was super supportive about that, super comfortable with that. But that's actually the the area I felt uncomfortable as uh, not putting yeah. someone on blast from the past, but saying, "Hey, like this is, was also a part of my life." And um, there's a song about that. That's a meaningful song that I'm going to try to sing, you know, with some passion and, and put myself into those shoes that I used to inhabit. And um, and and talk about that in an open way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't even think about it from that one though is uh, yeah. I bet that was <laughs> something you had to talk to the, talk to the wife about. Uh, Cause what is it? It's, it was it track three to where you're, you're talking about a, it was an old relationship, right? Is that, we'll see. Let me yeah. Pull uh, I'm trying to remember myself. Uh, yeah. I mean, some, some, some of the songs are about her, about my wife and some of them are about um, people from the past. Uh, I think uh, I wish you would remember. I think it's yeah, the summer romance song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about past. Yeah, for sure. And um, and so, uh, yeah, just have to just be open up about it and everything. And like, I'm pretty open book anyway, right? So there's nothing like it's not like it was new stories. It's more just like, um, I'm putting this into my art. <laughs> it's not just a story from the past, but I'm, I'm working on this right now. This yeah. is what I'm doing, uh, and it's it's something I want to actually share with people. Um, you know, as something that represents part of part of my life and part of my my art, and and also I guess it, it's got to bring some closure. I mean, because like you said about uh, earlier about of uh, your songwriting and to be able to say that a song is finished after you finish the song about the particular subject, it has to mm-hmm. bring some some closure to it. To where, whoo, I can move on now. You know. Yeah, I think you have to, um, or it's at least going to bring it's going to bring a change. Because you have to open up those feelings to be able to write well about it, right? Um, so either you will achieve some closure, and it's it's possible you can go wrong, and you're just gonna open a wound up again, um, and achieve the opposite. Um, but hopefully, you get a good song out of it. Out yeah, of those emotions. Yeah. Of uh, let's let's move it up just to a couple of years ago, and uh, many people and places are still recovering. Uh, what was what was the biggest lesson uh, that you learned over the course of the pandemic? Yeah, the biggest lesson I learned. Um, let me think about it for a second. Yeah, of I mean, like for me and a lot of the songwriters I talked to, like during the pandemic, was of uh, man, I, I moved and I moved fast because I knew like some of these people I wouldn't be able to talk to when the world starts moving as fast as it usually does because they're going to be on the road and they're, mm. they're not going, they're not going to have time to sit down and talk because they're going to be busy playing and yeah. doing what they do to provide for their family. And, uh, you know, my takeaway was like, it's, it's, it's really now or never. And I've, I've, I've got to keep moving. And 
uh, when it came to like my personal work with my craft or songwriting was uh, it was it was good that the world had slowed down, that, you know, there were a lot of venues that were uh, that were no longer available to play out because of restrictions. And that was a time to go back to the bedroom and really harness and uh, rehome or just Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a phoenix rising from the ashes kind of scenario to completely rebrand myself and the way that I do things. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I might have a different perspective and a little bit of some imposter syndrome that comes with not being a musician full time and and having a job that basically I'm able to work from home. And uh, the world became really difficult for a lot of people and not for me. Um and if anything, like it gave me more time back to to give to music and give to my family. And um, there's definitely some, it's, I don't know, survivor's guilt is like, like maybe a term. Uh, even people who just survived <laughs> got through it, but it was, you know, there were a lot of challenges for them and stuff. And um, not being um, in music full time and not like touring, that's not something that, you know, it's taken away from me. And I can imagine for a lot of musicians for whom that's like, that's a huge part of their life that just went on complete pause. Um, there's a lot of like reflection, like uh, thinking about how, uh, what am I going to do instead? Um, for me, uh, like I was fortunate, like I said, that, that it was an opportunity to like um, justify working from home more and then making more time for like um, passions outside of work. Uh, but of course, like, like the pandemic still impacted just our ability to see our friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like um, maybe the biggest lesson there is um, like I'm a extroverted person, like in the sense that uh, there's never a time I'm like not in the mood to hang out with people or, or socialize, even though I'm pretty quiet, but like I'm much happier, like making plans than I am to like, oh, I need my recharge time. And, uh, you know, uh, you need to figure out what, what drives you, like what, what your fuel is and, and make sure you still get it um, whatever the circumstances are, because I think it would be easy to, for me to just go down to like a hole. Like if I was completely isolated and just let that happen um, without trying to find a way to connect with others. So um, I think for me, the lesson was like, you know, you might not live in the same town. You might not be uh, convenient. You might have a lot going on, but like always make time for other people. Like that's, that's like the most important thing uh, for me. And, and a lot of other people who are, who are like that, um, you can go to a pretty dark place if, if you're not connecting with the world. Um, so, yeah. 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 And I, I like people who happen to come from that, uh, from that perspective. And I get it is, uh, that's a, that's a pretty resounding thing for a lot of people who, you know, maybe, you know, who do work from home maybe before. And then, like you said, now it's kind of justified, but, uh, yeah, man, of not being able to, and and the South was a little bit different than other parts of the United States. We our our restrictions, you know, Florida really didn't shut down at all. And then that led mm-hmm. to Alabama and Mississippi kind of loosening up after they saw the that oh, our constituents probably would like this too. So mm-hmm. uh we definitely didn't have it near as bad with the restrictions as other parts of the country. So uh yeah. Well man, uh uh do you how often do you play out? Are uh, are you just are you happy just having the music online, or how does that work for you? Um, yeah, I, 
I, I kind of, I didn't want to look too far ahead, to be honest. Like, um, I think I have a tendency to like look at it, this huge project and like just stare at it, you know, and plan it. And I felt like, well, I definitely want to have a recording. I want to have something like I can hold on to and, and make that a regular part of my life to like, you know, there'll be another album coming, et cetera. Um, so get that done and then finish that. Then I was like, well, I don't want to just, I, I don't want to just have it myself and, and make no effort to share with others, you know? Um, and that's, uh, I got connected to you through, through a guy, um, I met basically trying to figure out how do I share my music with other people and try to get it out there because yeah. Igor. Be a source of regret. I think if I, if I think I'm proud of my songs and I never try to put them in front of somebody else, um, it's not going to be for everyone, but I know there's definitely people I listen to that are not for everyone, you know, but, uh, they found their niche. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was kind of, okay, that was that step. And I think like playing live, um, would be part of that as well. Like I don't right now. Um, but as part of like coming out of this album, I do want to try to um, play a few shows and potentially turn it into a bigger thing. Um, like I said, like there's a little bit of, um, with, with kid, like some other personal life stuff. It's a little bit tricky with um mm-hmm. with tour or anything like that, but at least playing like local shows or um and things like that um, is definitely something that I want to get into. Oh, absolutely. Well, man, open invitation to uh, my part of the world anytime. Of we have a great theater at our art council here in uh, Columbus, Mississippi, and awesome. uh, they uh they allow me to to book shows there from time to time, and uh, it's a room that sits about fifty people. And if you ever wanted to come, you know, over here to Alabama or Mississippi, of uh, that style of music that you're creating is what resonates with people here. Is uh, so I believe that would that would pack that room out if you wanted to ever travel down this way. That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, I would love to. Like, um, we we do a lot of trips, even with a baby, just to go somewhere different. Like, um, see see some different, meet some people, and and. Uh, you know, we, we don't push ourselves too much now to try to do too much sightseeing. Mm-hmm. And um, if you if you get one thing done per day, that's like an achievement. Uh, so um, that that sounds like an awesome, and I really appreciate the invite. Yeah. Yeah, man. And so uh, just for those listening, this episode will drop Thursday, but uh, is, is the record currently out for public consumption or when is the drop? Uh, no, trying to figure that out now. So I'm such a I'm such an amateur at this, um, and uh, I feel like before I just focus on writing songs, I'm just trying to learn about how this stuff works. So I think it's going to be uh, November. Mm-hmm. We'll start releasing like some songs, and from what I heard, like if you break it out into a few releases, it's a little bit better for hoping people on Spotify pick it up. So I'm going to try to release a couple singles and then drop the record um, around November time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's really good advice for the way just you know music the industry works today is like you said, if you, if you have an album prepared of mm-hmm. uh, in November, that's, that's probably right on cue for this is drop a single in September, give them another taste in October. And then maybe one more single, maybe a week or two before the album drop. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, by that time, maybe it's, it's made it to a couple of playlists and you, you got a, you got a little spark and uh, people are interested and then boom, here's the, here's the release. So I, I think I, that's, uh, I think that's yeah. a, I think that's the way to go. And it's exciting to do it that way, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I've, uh, I've only put one, one of my songs, of uh, on the streamers and 
man, it was what was such a roller coaster and j- just tracking the performance and how it's doing. And, uh, you, you really get to see, uh, what the world thinks, so to speak, or do they care or is, if, or maybe they just haven't found it or, you know, you don't, you don't know. There's so many, there's so many unknowns, but man, it is exciting. <laughs> yeah. But you've, um, you've recorded music and you print like CDs. I think the podcast that I listened to, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I've you, got a- that, uh, you have like the physical, physical versions of it. We cut off. That was that was a COVID project. Uh, I traveled uh, all over Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee in garages and kitchens, and we did uh, some lo-fi uh, recordings off of off this mic right here. And uh, man, I, I'll, I'll mail you a copy of it if you'd like to hear it. It's uh, oh, yeah. it's got I think thirteen different artists on it. Wow. And that was voted on by the uh, by the listeners of the show, and that's who they wanted on the record. So we made awesome. them a record. Nice, that's awesome. You collaborated with them, like those thirteen artists, or it's like a kind of uh, compilation. Of songs? It's, it, it's a compilation mm-hmm. of now uh, we do festivals uh, in this area as well. We call it Porch Fest, and I think there's thousands of them all over across America. So I don't have the I'm not the porch fest, but uh, we're 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 happy to do it, and that is where the collaboration is with uh, with these artists. Is uh, they'll come down and play it, and mm-hmm. and that also is a great experience because this past porch fest, uh, April of this year, I think we had over over twenty. I think it was twenty seven, uh, all running off two stages over two days, mm-hmm. and what a time for these musicians, artists, and uh, vendors to meet and collaborate and share ideas. And by the end of it, I mean, uh, the last couple of acts, some of these people had never, they didn't know each other until this festival. And then they got up on stage and played together. Yeah, and awesome. it, it was, you know, it's such a, such a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, I want to continue to do that. And I would like to give it some legs and I would like to, uh, you know, put that, put that, uh, kind of show on the road, you know, depending on what part of the country we were in is, Hey, we're in, we're in, uh, we're in the California area. We're in Southern California. Who all do we know? And could we throw an event? Could we come up with a venue to do something this special? And I mean, that's, that's my vision for what I would like to see for the future and that's just kind of, kind of curate this. Cause that, that's one thing that uh, we've really been preaching and talking about is, uh, there's levels to music and people at the bottom tend to compete while the people at the top of the music food chain, they cooperate. Mm -hmm. And the moment, and the moment that we began to understand that we're better together, Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, that's kind of the, the, the tide that raises all ships. And uh, that's something that I'm very interested in and doing and being a part of. Yeah. That's such a good point. I never thought about it that way at all. But I think that's completely right. Um, you know, I don't know who. There's a lot of people who kind of have this um, philosophy, right? You just give, don't, don't expect anything, right? Just, just have a mindset of giving, and and uh, things kind of work out well for you when you do that. And you don't have to believe in karma or any kind of um, supernatural forces for that. It's just about building a culture, um, people around you who, who gravitate to that and are also givers. Um, and I think that's totally right. Like, uh, I can't imagine how, if I right now I want to go play a show, it's not going to be easy scraping together, like, uh, enough people to come and see it. Right. 
but if I work with other people, like listen to their music, like offer to help them bring my mm -hmm. friends to their show and get it all together, all of a sudden you have like a little scene. Um, and mm -hmm. a lot of the bands I love, right? Like, um, listen to all those 90s bands, like the Seattle is a scene, right? And um, they're all going to each other's shows, they're all bringing friends to the shows and, and rooting each other on and being in each other's bands and stuff and swapping drummers and stuff. Um, and that, uh, that produced amazing music, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it happened back in the late 80s, late 80s, early 90s in Seattle as a music scene. When you think about Pearl Jam, Nirvana, of what even, even Soundgarden, Chris Cornell, of and what that, what that produced is, and we have that today of it happens today. It just, I don't know if it's because of the internet, mm -hmm. but I believe music has never sounded better than what it does today. And like, if we could curate something to that effect, no matter where that scene would be, uh, that's our culture. And I think we already have the minds. These people already exist, but have they found each other yet? Mm. You know? It's very and, um, and, and it's uplifting and, message. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it, and it's so funny. I mean that that whole Seattle grunge that happened thirty years ago, and we still talk about it. Yep. And I mean, and a lot of those guys they're not they're not with us anymore. Yeah. And so, man, it's who knows, but. I'm I'm here and I'm I'm ready and I'm excited for uh, what we have going on today. You know, uh, what about you, man? What uh, what are you into today? We talked a little bit about your influences for this record, uh, such as Beck. Uh, what's a what's a daily listener for you? What are you into? So, uh, what you were just talking about about music today, like that's a very uplifting and and hopeful message for me because I'd love to like hear more i felt like i a little bit checked out of like new music a couple of years ago um and i so rarely discover new music now i feel kind of guilty about having an album and asking people to listen to it if i'm not doing it myself mm -hmm. uh, and before but before then i was always scouring blogs and listening to all kinds of stuff um, but i've kind of like you know solidified my like favorites and um so some of the artists i love the most um the most obvious one like let's say to this album especially of my music is elliot smith um i got into him after he passed away um but just was was blown away um by him and that's something that i always i always go back to um go back to regularly sometimes you know in the making of this album i intentionally tried to avoid it um avoid listening to his albums because i didn't want to uh, just try to rip directly from from his records uh, that's a very that that's a very true thing though man and you'll yeah. do it i find that uh like i've been listening to a lot of drive-by truckers and jason isbel lately mm -hmm. and it directly influences my songwriting and then next thing you know uh the idea for the song or even the music for it is sounding just like them and i was like i gotta get away i you know i i'm i'm just this is just an this is like a version and it's like a weak sauce. I mean, it already exists. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I don't need to recreate this. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's no longer a real thing, you know? 
I'm just, I'm just mimicking. Yeah. And I don't know if I was successful in even getting far enough away on this album. Like I said, I was trying to go fast. Um, but that's definitely one of the influences. And I love, like I said, all the 90s stuff. Um, I'm a big fan of like Smashing Pumpkins, Red Hot Chili Peppers, oh, yeah. all kinds of stuff like REM. Um, and uh, and then going back to like, like I said, classic rock, or Beatles, Pink Floyd, that kind of stuff. Um, I think like, yeah, that's a great point you talk about. You hear it, you hear your like you play the song back to yourself and you're, you're sounding like somebody else. And um, that's something I find very hard to get away from. I don't know do you have a, if you have any advice about how to do that. Maybe one thing that helps sometimes, like sometimes I do work on songs like years after I get the idea for them. I think that can help a little bit because I don't know what I was listening to when I recorded, you know, something for 30 seconds on my phone. So you come back to it like with fresh ears and you're like, okay, let's see where this goes. I, you know, the, the, I guess the the advice that I would give, there's a, he goes by John Keys. That's his stage name. He's been on this podcast. And uh, I think that episode is Kerr Carzell. That was his stage name at that time. And he doesn't listen to anybody. Mm. And he is, and he is in his own right. Like there is no one in the world like him when it comes to his music and his approach. Mm. And that's why. But I can't do that. Like that's not that would be the advice that he would give, but I don't want to give advice that uh, I can't do because I mean every day I'm listen I'm listening to music and uh, it's so inspiring and it's all you know I got into uh, wanting to play music because of people I admire were writing these great songs and I wanted to put my you know I wanted to put my hat in the ring yeah but um, yeah I think it's and I do like listen to more podcasts than music as of late but uh man just as a creative spark i mean there's there's nothing like pulling up an old john prine album or you know uh, just people that i admire when i'm looking for inspiration but i don't don't know how to separate it Mm. you know if if it inspires the art i don't know how you can ever completely get away from it yeah i guess the other side of it is just to embrace it yeah maybe like you know like and just bring all of yourself to it too. Like, I think if you bring all of yourself to the project, like you can't help but make it unique if you don't get in your own way. Um, and, and then if, if influences seep in, like let it happen, right? Like even like the greatest songwriters we have um, uh, literally would lift sections of songs and stuff like that. Right? I was just thinking like top of my head, like um, come together by the Beatles, right? The whole verse is like um, Chuck Berry, right? Um the whole like the 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 rhythm of it mm-hmm. um, and but but then you know the chorus is like nothing else it's the beatles it's it's john lennon right um and so i think if you if you just bring all of yourself to a project then you don't hold back um at all even if part of that's going to be like something that, that came from someone else and then it's going to be mixed with some other record you listen to that's like a totally different genre yeah and feelings at that moment and, and something unique is going to come out of that like at the end and that song in particular, covered by Aerosmith, mm-hmm. uh, they put their own spin on it. Gary Clark Jr., arguably one of our best guitar players of our generation, especially when it comes to the blues. He mm-hmm. covered it. And that his version goes harder than any version of Come Together I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like the story, Gary Clark uh, Jr., he met Dave Groh. And uh, after Dave Groh heard him play, Dave gave him an electric guitar. He's like, you deserve this. 
<laughs> so I mean, you, you know, you never know. And Gary Clark Jr. is a—he's a younger guy, probably by 20, 25 years when it comes to Dave Grohl. But he blew Dave's socks off. So you know, yeah. who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, going back like full circle, like you're talking about in the beginning, like meeting people from different cultures, right? That's mm-hmm. that's one of the obvious obvious joys of music, right? Is like um, when you hear a song, like you're just you're immediately connected to it, right? If it's if it's the right way. And that person could be so much older than you, completely different lifestyle. Like you have really, you don't even have to relate to the lyrics a lot of times. Like I listen to and like, that has nothing to do with my life and never will. But it doesn't matter because like the way they're, the way they're, they're connecting musically um, with, with what I love just, just speaks to me and I want to hear their story. I want to hear uh, more. Yeah. Um, and just, so, yeah, those two guys are, are pretty different. Right. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like, just uh, and just back to you know who you are of your record is of uh, man just a guy from Alabama was just listening to some of the tracks that were sent to me and I was already uh, going through my past and relationships and of uh, I was transcribing meaning and of uh, memory to your words and man just think about that power you know. Uh, that's the beauty of art. And I mean, that's why we do what we do, right? Is giving someone an out, giving someone some kind of, you know, when you see a visual art piece and it speaks to you, uh, it doesn't matter at that point to what the artist meant when he painted that mural. It's, yeah. it's the, it's the feeling and emotion that it gives you. And through that, uh, it becomes a part of you. And that's the beauty. And that's the beauty of art. Yeah, it has to speak in that, at that level. Like I, I forgot who said this. Also, especially this one, I always should give credit to the to the right songwriter. Um, but uh, you know, because music has like the um, also has a let's say intellectual side of it, right? Or like the craftsmanship and uh, music theory and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I like that too. Like a lot of the bands I love, you know, um, had a really interesting chord changes or really interesting instrumentation yeah. and stuff. I always think about Radiohead. Radiohead's a great example. Yeah, but like the songs have to hit you in the gut first. Like if you're, if you're aiming for the head, you're going to miss every time. If you aim for the gut and you get that first, and then you could add on whatever you want on top of it. Right. And that's the difference between like a radio head or a Pink Floyd for me versus like a lot of, let's say prog rock bands that I don't connect with that do really interesting things. But um, I don't think there's a foundation of like a song that hits me in the heart first. Um, so yeah, you have to, you have to write a song in a way that transcends the actual what that song means to you and the, the medium and hit somebody else in the gut. And then if you get that right, then you can develop a style on top of that, um, which can be, you know, obviously there's so many different genres and so many bands that we love that, that sound very unique, um, but that has to be the core for me. Well, you, I mean, you uh job, job accomplished, man. Like uh, I've really enjoyed sitting down with, uh, with your record and man, I'm excited and also a little jealous of those who haven't heard it yet, you know, because they're going to have their own takeaways from it. So congratulations, congratulations once again, man. Uh, it was a work worth doing and I'm glad you did it. And especially like when you were talking about your EP or maybe previous work to maybe you were a little more electric, but to strip everything down, just you and acoustic and, these winding chord progressions and quick, quick changes. And whoa, that verse came out of nowhere or, you know, whatever the feeling of the song is, man, 
job well done. So uh, you got proof of work, and I, I just can't wait till you begin to share it with the rest of the world, man. Yeah, thanks so much, Alan. Yeah. So, uh, man, just uh, maybe a couple more questions to walk it out of the door is uh, if people are interested in following you and your music, uh, social media or uh, what's the best way to do that? Um, yeah, a little bit late to the Instagram game, but uh, that's why I'm trying to center things right now. So it's Mad Good Band uh, on Instagram. Right on. Best place to start. Hit me up. Right there. on. Well, cool, man. And uh, just with the uh, the reels there, uh, they work great. So, I mean, and I, I would like it too, and you may already do it, but come up with a 30 to 50 second snippet of the songs of you playing and sharing and just put that out there for people to kind of get a feel for it. And that yeah. might work That might work well with the, the singles as you release them. Mm-hmm. That way people can kind of see what it what it is. Totally, yeah. I, I could I could use all the advice in the world about how to, how to get the music out there for sure. And I really appreciate um, you taking the yeah. time to talk to me and to listen, especially. Well, man, it's been, it's been great hearing your story and uh, of like porch talk. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about is people like you who are uh, putting their hat in the ring and getting out there and want to, want to give it a shot. So uh, I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know you and having this conversation and like, pry in your mind uh and thank you for being open man yeah absolutely well cool uh well last question uh to walk it out of the door just kind of out in left field of uh, what books are you reading right now that's a great question um so my i do like to read and my family like i mentioned earlier some of them moved to israel mm-hmm. i moved to the states and uh, me and my wife who's never been there um, and our baby, who's of course never been there, um, we're going to head over there in October. Oh, and I want to be like a good tour guide and you know share with her my, my culture and um, different historical sites and stuff, and and be able to share things with her. And so I'm listening to an audiobook uh, <laughs> of uh, a history of Israel. I got a couple of different uh, books of that nature queued up. Hopefully, I'm a wealth of knowledge by the time we land. And I'll have a lot to say. Well, right on, dude. Well, maybe, uh, maybe we'll uh, get back on the horn, and you can tell me some things about it, Israel because it's it's just like Kiev. It has a historical precedence, and it's a in, very important place in the world. You know. Yeah, I think anytime you go somewhere with a with a great history of anything, um, you just you just feel different once you land, and it could mm-hmm. be it could be like a you know a music studio <laughs> and it, it could, you know, where some classics were recorded and it could just be a country where, you know, a lot of stuff happened over thousands of years. So. Right on. Well, Constantine and or mad good, man. Thank you so much for your time, man. Let's, uh, let's sign her on out. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, man.
the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.